Welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. My name is Nancy. And my name is Matthew. And this week we are talking about two movies that involve some triumph. um, Movies that involve some teenagers seeking out the help of mentors. And uh, yeah, there's some triumph. So Yeah, and kind of continuing with our summer theme, Mm -hmm. we have... A movie that revolves around the uh, season of summer. Yes. I wouldn't know. I don't know if it's necessarily a summer blockbuster, but it has a really good like cult following. Mm-hmm. And then we have one that was kind of a surprise blockbuster for. You talking about my movie? Yeah. Well, my movie. Actually... My movie was released in June twenty second of eighty four. So it was a summer blockbuster. No, but I mean, it wasn't one that, well, we'll talk about it. Yep. So later in the show, I will be talking about The Karate Kid. But Matt will get us started with a conversation about meatballs. (laughs) Are you ready for the summer? Are you ready for the summer? Are you ready for the sunshine? (laughs) <laughs> Are you ready for me to stop singing this terrible yes. song because exactly. I'm hurting your ears? Uh, listeners, you just got a flavor of a habit that Matt and I actually both have all the time, and it's making up silly, goofy little songs. So there you go. It really helps when you have a five-year-old. It really does. Or just that's <laughs> your personality, and you had a sibling that encouraged it and did the same thing. So get us started. It do, you, do you think I encouraged it more or you encouraged it more? I think it was an even thing. Probably. It was probably <laughs> equal. So, Meatballs came out in 1979 and was Bill Murray's first starring role in in a movie. Oh. And it, yeah. And nice. it was written by his buddy Harold Ramis, who he went on to do Stripes and the Ghostbusters movies and a movie called Groundhog Day mm-hmm. that we we talked about and it's directed by Ivan Reitman who also did Ghostbusters and this movie is it's it's a pretty simple movie and it has a lot of like kind of iconic kind of scenes but basically it is a a movie about summer camp yep now i never went to summer camp me neither um and I, we've mentioned before, I think, on a previous episode that I'm not a huge fan of camping, although we did go camping a lot as kids. Until a certain age. Until a certain age. I think the last time I went camping, I... Well, let me take... Let me just go back. The last time I we went camping as kids, I was, what, maybe, like, nine? Um, no, that. no. Younger Matt, than that? We stopped going camping... In 85. That was when our uncle, we went, our last camping trip was at Mount Shasta. And our last camping trip um, was, it it became the last one because our uncle sold his boat. Okay. And then the year after that is when we went to Disneyland. Okay. And then um, I had gone camping in like junior high with a friend. And then um, my future wife at the time and I went camping um, like a year, t- like 
a year or two after we were dating. We went with some friends camping. That was the last time I had gone camping. It's like 18 years and, ago. Yeah. But that was like my first time going camping as an adult. And I realized that camping is so much fun when you're a kid because you're not doing any of the cooking or the cleaning. All you have to worry about is not dying, not getting sick, and as Nancy knows, making sure that you pack pants. Because oh, okay. that might have happened that might have happened one year where Nancy did not pack pants. <laughs> well, I mean, Matt, I had just started second grade, so I was like the really old age of like six and a half and I knew what I was. Super independent. Doing. Super independent. And we went camping Labor Day weekend to Lake Mendocino. And um, yeah, I knew what I was doing. Oh, except I forgot to pack pants and it was hella cold. And it's I blame hella cold mom. At night. It's hella cold at night. Yeah. And when you go camping. And of course I blame mom for not like double checking, but again, I must have really put up a fight. Like, no, I know what I'm doing. You don't need to check. Or, yeah. She's gonna she's gonna hate that I brought that up. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm no, it's okay. <laughs> I fully own that that was my mistake. So, um, so yeah, so watching this movie is actually kind of a relief because I could like just camp vicariously through these people, I guess. But um, this is a comedy. It's about start with Bill Murray. He plays like one of the head counselors at the camp, and he does like the morning announcements and just tries to organize all the other counselors and make sure that they're doing their job. But ultimately he's there to have fun and, you know, make it a fun summer for all these kids. And the campground is camp North star, which is a fictional campground. They actually filmed it at a campsite in Canada, in Ontario, Canada. And they actually filmed it while the summer camp for that campground was going on. So a lot of the kids in the movie mm. are actual campers, <laughs> except for the ones that were actors to be in the movie. They use those kids as like the background, which was really genius and yeah. helped keep the budget down. You know, so a lot of the cast is, you know, all the different other counselors, the like teen age counselors and, They've got a lot of, like, weird summer romances and all the counselors are... And, like, you've got a couple of the counselors who are not, like, the most popular kid counselors that are trying to always hook up with someone because they just want to. Like, that's their goal for the summer. You mean, like, Spaz? Spaz and Fink, yeah. Yeah. Spaz and Fink. (laughs) Um, And then you have a number of kids who don't really play key roles. I mean, a lot of the movie surrounds the counselors with the exception of one kid who's there named Rudy, who doesn't even really want to be there. Mm -mm. He kind of is just there because his dad kind of is like, Hey, yeah, you should do this. You'll make some friends and everything. But he's very introverted, not really someone who he doesn't know a lot about sports. So Immediately, because you know they'll have like games and sports that they play against other other cabins. You know, you know he's not very good at it, and they make fun of him, and no one wants to pick him on their team and everything like that. So, um, he's kind of the main camper that we follow, and 
Bill Murray's character kind of gravitates towards him and really tries to make his summer better. Mm -hmm. And he befriends him, and they, like, play cards together. They go on runs together, and they have this really nice relationship. Well, there's over across the lake is the rival campground, Camp Mohawk, yeah. which is all the rich kids. It's super the rich kid campground. Super controversial now, especially. Like, oh, I know. So gross. I mean. Yeah. If the Washington Redskins can rethink their name, I think Camp Mohawk should uh, change their name, too. Definitely. So a lot of the movie revolves around kind of this it's building up towards like this competition that they're going to have with Camp Mohawk and you know every year Camp Mohawk wins because they have like the these top athletes that are that perform in the in the uh in what they call the Olympiad and they have all these different um events and they have all these athletes that are really good at it and all these kids that they can get trained, you know, if they wanted to. I mean, it's basically, you know, one camp is made to have fun and the other camp is like a bunch of spoiled brats. And they and, cheat, too. I mean, and they cheat, kid, too, yeah. a kid with a slingshot that's shooting at people's legs or the... Uh, the or they intentionally... No, I mean, it's they intentionally ridiculous. trip, yeah. you know... P- players and get them hurt and all that kind of stuff so you know they're definitely like the bad bratty kids not very sportsmanlike not very sportsmanlike but um one of the reasons and and ultimately in the end camp north star prevails with the help of rudy who wins a long distance run and becomes the hero of the movie and at the end he like realizes that he's kind of he actually had fun and you know he was able to make some friends and so you really kind of see throughout the movie like the turn of him being kind of introverted and shy gaining some confidence winning over the other campers and then you know ending up having a good time over this you know i don't know how long summer camp is like a month maybe maybe six weeks i don't know but this movie is definitely like the shining star in this movie is clearly Bill Murray. Yeah. It has Absolutely. a lot of his more classic kind of humor, a lot that you would see on when he was on Saturday Night Live, that kind of stuff. And one of the reasons why I picked this movie is a it's another good fun Bill Murray movie. And B, it was one that I watched as a kid. And there were some themes in it that I just didn't get as a kid that we always talk about. But it was just funny. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, fun to watch. I mean, it is not... We're not talking, you know, the greatest movie on the planet <laughs> here. But it's entertaining, yeah. and it's fun to watch. And Bill Murray is great in it. I mean, he... And him as a mentor... You know, you kind of, he's done that a little bit in other movies, but him as a mentor in this is just he's just so great. And one of the famous scenes from this movie besides the hot dog eating scene, which is always the one that is like burned in my brain when they have the hot dog eating contest, is um 
after day one of the Olympiad, he gives kind of a speech to the entire camp about how they're going to, how they can get, you know, what, what would happen if they win or lose the next day? And it is the big, it just doesn't matter speech (laughs) where it just doesn't matter if they win. It doesn't matter if they lose. They're there. I mean, the point of the speech is we're there. They're there to have fun. They always win and cheat, you know, so who cares? I mean, are we are we worse off because of that? Who cares? And he just keeps repeating. It just doesn't matter. (laughs) It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And that has been used in like sports and other things. And I think there was a time where he gave that speech at one point, maybe like during a Cubs game, because he's like a huge Cubs fan. Mm. And when they won the World Series a few years ago, he went. He was all about that. <laughs> and um, it probably mattered to him then. If they. Oh, I'm sure it mattered. <laughs> it did. A hundred, a hundred years of losing, it, it, it mattered. But. Um, that is like the big iconic speech and scene from the from this movie, and you know I probably saw it when I I probably saw it in, in the eighties on TV. Um, there's not a lot of gross out kind of no humor. It's not. I mean, no. it's not a. It's not. Um, it's not Porky's. No, it's or not Revenge Porky's. No, there's not like you don't have tits flying everywhere or tons of swearing or anything like that. It's a the, pretty clean movie. Yeah, the most, I mean, the most risque it gets really is when um, Spaz and Fink um, go over to the girl's cabin and they're in their underwear telling, you know, reading a steamy book. And, you know, you see them in their in their little 90s and stuff. That's about as risque as it gets. Oh, and Bill isn't, Murray. Isn't that, how, isn't that how all girls read steamy books, though? <laughs> No, I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember sleepovers very well. <laughs> I don't remember anything like that. Well, it, so, you know, I really just kind of, you know, thought it would be a fun movie to rewatch and, yeah. a, and a fun movie to talk about. And I think that it's it's got a real cult following. I mean, there was a movie that came out years ago, not, not years ago, like when this movie came out, but, um, in the two thousands, I think called, um, wet, hot American summer. And it's a comedy with a lot of, um, comedic actors, but like Amy Poehler's in it. Paul Rudd is in it. Um, Bradley Cooper is in it. Um, but they kind of take a lot from like this movie Mm. and then a lot of other kinds of, um, camping, you know, camp, uh, summer camp movies, uh, from the eighties. And, um, but this is like, to me, like the original one yeah. and it's not, and it's funny, like you watch it and you see like the campground and everything. And like, I think a lot of people immediately think it's going to be like Friday the 13th mm. because that's kind of what you kind of see. But, well, there um, is a hook scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the great Bill Murray uh, scenes in this movie is when he tries to tell a story about a, a, a scary campfire story, which is great. So um, good. But, uh, yeah, I just enjoyed this movie. I, um, I really enjoyed rewatching it. I've probably seen it. 
I've probably seen it now three or four times. I don't what? Really, I don't, no, wait. You've only se- you've seen it more than once. Well, I saw it probably two or three times as a kid. Okay. But it's just I, that you, you I've only lately seen it's it, been I've only seen it once. Is is your mo? Well, I mean, some movies yes, some movies no, <laughs> but. Um, we saw the se- I think we saw the sequel more than the original. I think the sequel I've was seen the on sequel a lot. HBO a lot. And I don't think we had either this movie or Meatballs 2 on the VHS. I don't think. I want to say I had Meatballs 2, like a dub of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't think I watched. I don't remember watching it that much. Yeah. It had, um, it had uh, Kim Richards in it, which was like the biggest claim to fame as far as I'm concerned. Um, and there was an alien. Um, but no, I, I really, I really enjoyed this. I always remembered it. I remembered more about Rudy than anything else. And when I was, Rudy the Wabbit, (laughs) when I was watching it today, all I kept thinking of was Charlie Bucket and how, while Charlie Bucket wanted to win a golden ticket so he could go to the chocolate factory, all Rudy wanted was to be liked. And I feel like, um, Tripper, that's his name, right? That's Bill Murray. Tripper. Tripper. He kind of had like a Willy Wonka role where he took him under his wing and really kind of showed him that, yep, you're, you're valued, you're worth it, you're needed. And, um, I mean, I partially thought maybe he'd have more friends if he washed his hair, but again, (laughs) this is the 70s and it's summer camp, so I don't know how much shampoo they had. All of them had, all of them had crazy hair intentionally. Not like Corona situation like we are, but... Right. Well, I... You know, it's funny. That was one of the observations I made. Like I've said, I'm not a fan of camping. And mm. the 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 the, um, the filth factor is definitely a, a factor when it comes to camping. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why, like, camping near a lake or a river that you can swim in is good. Because then you kind of wash off at the same time. Yeah. But, um... You know, all these kids are bringing suitcases, and if they're going to be gone for weeks at a time, you know, where do they do laundry? You know, I don't know. But even even still, like, looking at the movie, at the timeline of the movie, it could have only been, like, a week, I guess. No, I think it was longer. It had to be longer than a week. I think, I think it was at least two weeks. Probably, it was probably a month. It was probably, like, a month. I don't know. Because I, they like had I a said, weekend when the parents <clears throat> came. That's true. So you would have had, like, a week probably, then, like, a parent's day, and then, like, maybe another week. It was minimum two weeks. We'll just say minimum two weeks. I think it was a month. Okay. But I'm not, I've never gone to summer camp. I can't, I can't vouch for it. I did, I was in brownies for a couple of years as a really young person, and I believe there were two overnight camping trips I did with that, maybe two nights each time, but... I honestly don't remember much about it, and Mom didn't come with me as a chaperone because, you know, you were around. Um, Sorry to ruin that for you. I know. Um, so I, I really don't remember a ton about any of those brownie troop um, camping trips. But, um, yeah, this this movie's fun. I mean, I, I, I like how they keep um, poking fun at, like, the head camp counselor that is my that I, I was gonna say like if I'm looking at the movie Bill Murray's the best character yes it's my favorite agreed. character me too but my favorite scenes in this movie that crack me up are all the times they 
they prank the camp director by taking his cot out of his out of his cabin and putting it places outside. Yeah. And the first time they do this is great because not only do they put it outside, but they but they like hoist him up in between some trees and they do it on Parents' Day. And all you hear is all the parents driving by like, hey, Morty, how you doing? And then like laughing at him. They had his nightstand up there too. So he, oh, it's he's so just great. waking up. He doesn't even know what's going on. Oh, it was so yeah. good. His alarm clock goes off yeah. and no, so good. That's probably my favorite thing. But that actually brings me to something that I wanted to talk to you because I actually noted this. And this is not some... And we'll touch on this in the next movie, too. But I wanted to bring up the fact that you are not one for pranks. Oh, no, I'm not. I I respect it in the context of this movie. I mean, especially because the head counselor was so annoying. And there's something with... Bill Murray doing it that it's kind of like okay well I'm all, I'm along for the ride with pretty much anything Bill Murray's doing so I kind of had a trust that he wasn't going to do anything that was going to hurt anybody or be too dangerous so right. maybe I well, had that in the back of my head like this is ultimately going to be a harmless prank and he's been working at that camp for years so if there was a problem Oh yeah, he, he would have been, been fired, fired a long time ago. So. Well, I think the other the and then the other thing that happens in this movie that I'm sure you didn't really appreciate was there was a whole like at the one of the first times when they're in the mess hall, all everyone just starts screaming gossip, 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 and I was um, like, oh my god, Nancy's gonna be like, oh my god, this is terrible, and and it was all stuff like. You know who's hooking up with who yeah. and all this other kind of yeah. stuff, and you know although although you you watch Real Housewives, so maybe that kind of stuff was great for you. Okay, yeah. So yeah, the yeah the gossip thing in the in the hall. I mean, whatever. I mean, they're all they're. I feel like they're all they all know what the rules are. I guess that's yeah. that's the kind of the thing about pranks that bother me is if someone is completely unsuspecting and couldn't just as easily do it themselves it's really when they're it's like someone who's older or bigger picking on someone smaller or younger like when right. the, when the balance of power is in question that's not yeah, that I mean, problem it was i think it was clear in all the pranks in this movie that it was all for fun and yeah. everyone really kind of liked each other and it didn't really matter yeah. it wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of like intra camp like battles going on everyone was pretty much like we just hate the mohawk camp yeah and it, it wasn't mean girls you know it wasn't no. something like mean girls or heathers or anything where there's there's like a really like specific clique that's in charge and everyone needs to bow down like nothing like that so no um and and you gotta believe that um uh, bill murray's character sets that pace like he really sets that tone like everyone's here to have fun and I don't see him having a lot of tolerance for people picking on each other. I mean, that's especially why he gravitated towards Rudy right away. Was right. he? I mean, he even follows Rudy to like the bus station to bring him yeah. back. I mean, yeah. that's how much he. And, and it wasn't just because he wanted to have another camper. It wasn't just like for recruiting numbers or anything. He just really wanted to make sure like this kid who, you know, was having trouble fitting in and making new friends felt like he was valued there's um 
speaking of Bill Murray and how good he is at making people feel good, I don't know if you've seen it, and it's on Netflix, but there's a really good documentary about Bill Murray. And I can't remember what it's called, so I'm, I was just I'm sorry. Looking, I, I was just looking through something earlier, and it took me down this like rabbit hole of Netflix DV, uh, documentaries, and I saw it. It's called Conversations with Bill Murray, maybe? No, it's called, like like no one will believe this or something like that Mm. and um basically it's people's stories about random accounts Mm -hmm. of running into bill murray in real life it's the same thing i'm talking about yeah and it is so good i highly recommend whether you're a bill murray fan or not people checking it out only because it really kind of gives you a glimpse into <clears throat> how how much how much someone who doesn't take being a celebrity too much can can really affect, you know help and like be positive for a whole kind of um, someone's life it, and like in like one of the simple stories and I had heard this before I had seen the movie is there's a story about how he goes up to somebody and he doesn't even go up to them. He walks by someone in a restaurant and starts eating some of their fries off their plate and just tells them no one's going to believe you. And he just walks away and little things like that, that give you like this little kind of joy in your life. Like I can't believe Bill Murray just did that. And like, you didn't even get to like say hi to him or meet him, but it's little re accounts like that. And I think that's one of those great, cool, fun things about Bill Murray is his goofiness and and just kind of irreverence just plays out so well in his real life. The movie's called, the documentary's called The Bill Murray Stories, Life Lessons Learned from a Mythical Man. It came out in 2018, so it's pretty new. Yeah, so I, I highly recommend it. I will be watching it. it probably this weekend. I would I would definitely watch it. And, um, and, yeah, that's one of the reasons why this movie is so good, is because he's so great in it, and... Um, yeah. That's why I recommend watching it. I do, too. It's fun. Cool. So why don't we transition now to a very popular movie that I can't recall. I want to say we saw it in the theater. We did. It's um, maybe 30, it's a mo- maybe 36 years ago this weekend we did. Maybe. Nancy's going to talk to us about the great movie The Karate Kid. Boy. Now, this is a movie I've probably seen 50 times, 100 times. I don't know. I I love this movie so much. I haven't seen it in a long time. And in the first five minutes as I was watching it today, I was like, I'm going to probably be like a bawling mess through most of this movie. You know, for lots of reasons. Just watching um, Ralph Macchio, who plays Daniel LaRusso, being bullied. Um him also trying to um, hide how he's being treated from his mom because it was so important for his mom to make this big move from New Jersey to California. Um, Watching Pat Morita play Mr. Miyagi and being just one of the greatest mentors we've ever seen in cinema. Um, I mean, his his name has become, you know, a verb. Like, you Miyagi'd me, 
you know, yeah. that, that that term has, you know, yeah. is in common vernacular for anyone who grew up watching this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and there's there's so many things about this movie. I mean, it does. It's now set in 80. It came out in 84. It has very iconic music. I mean, the world was introduced to Bananarama because of this movie. I mean, was it was it on the was it was them being on the soundtrack introduction to this, or did they already? They're have not the on album the soundtrack. Out? Oh, that must have that must have ruined your life. No, I didn't have the soundtrack. <laughs> um, but I certainly listened to Cruel Summer a million times in my life. Um, but there's a lot of like cheesy 80s music in this there's a lot yes. of you know like keyboard kind of centric music but there's all there's thank no, god, saxophone. No, no saxophone thank god pan flute <laughs> do you have a problem with the pan flute no pan flute's beautiful so you better not no. have a problem with it god no um no i i love this movie i've like i said i've seen it so many times i mean i almost know the whole movie word for word and you know it just it's such a wonderful story of someone overcoming a lot of struggles with help from someone he never would have expected being being available to him. Yet, as you know, Daniel tells Mr. Miyagi in the last act of the movie, you know, you're the best friend I've ever had. I mean, it just he's so he's just he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's, you know, Daniel, you just can't help but love him. You know, he's very open. I feel like he's an old soul. You know, he's just this mm-hmm. really sweet kid who has his compl- total life uprooted. And we don't know anything about his dad. They never once mention his father. So no. it's they kind of they kind of hint they kind of hint that something might have happened. But they don't talk about it. I kind of feel like they hint at it when he finally tells his mom that he wants to go home. Like in that whole scene, there's, you know, he says to her, he I can't remember the exact line, but he kind of implies like. I didn't want to come here. This was all on you. And, you know. And she said, and she she kind of acknowledges it. So maybe something was going on. Like maybe his dad was was something had happened. But they don't really talk about it. No. And it never becomes kind of a theme at all. No, no. I mean, I think we're. I think not knowing anything about his dad leaves this wonderful vacuum, so that Mr. Miyagi can kind of come in and be this best friend kind of father figure to help help him kind of get through this struggle and I yeah I just think I just think it's amazing and I think Ralph Macchio and Elizabeth Shue have really great chemistry I mean yes you know we we watched this I was six turning seven when we saw this in the theater and We've talked about tons of high school-based movies that Matt and I have seen, especially in the 80s, and a lot of them seem like, not fantasies per se, but there's there's exaggerations to a lot of the characters, a lot of the teenagers in those movies. The, this felt like a real fun high school romance, and it was, you know, he had an instant attraction to her, and she was very curious and interested in him right away, and... They genuinely seem to want to get to know each other and date. 
and it didn't seem like I mean yes they had all of the you know good side of the tracks bad side of the tracks hurdles pretty and pink kind of things yeah yeah I mean you know she's in she's from Encino and he's from Reseda and you know the parents the dad maybe more so is being kind of a jerk about it but she she was a really strong-willed young lady who didn't give a shit about what other people thought and that was really nice to see because I think sometimes I think like when we talked about Pretty in Pink ultimately Blaine you know succumbs to the pressures of all of his peers and it's a major appliance that's not a name exactly um, you know he really kind of gets beaten down by all the pressures of everyone around him saying you don't want to be with this person and she right. she never really thought that the only time she started to kind of turn on Daniel was when he misunderstood something and was maybe a little more mean about it you know but he owns yeah. that he was he says that hey I was a jerk and she's like you are a jerk um, and they make up right away so I mean there's never really any question for the viewer do these two people even belong together this doesn't even seem right no they seem like a good fit and that helps a lot because so much of the reason why he's getting beaten beaten up is because of her I mean not in, yeah. not she's the reason but because uh, she is a lot. I mean, she is kind of the reason primarily because of the character that we will get to soon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a love triangle in a sense. I mean, because Mr. Evil himself, um, although, Matt, I feel like the way karate is discussed in this movie, kind of almost like a religion, it's kind of like the Force. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the, for- the Force comes from... <laughs> the idea of the Force is very much influenced by... Um, faiths of from all over the world, including you know faiths from the Asian world. So I um, mean, I totally get that. The Cobra Kai sensei is Darth Vader. Let, let's get real. <laughs> he's basically. Darth I wouldn't Vader. say that. He's, he he's more the no emperor. Mercy. He's the emperor. No, no, he's the emperor. Then who? He's the emperor. Really? Yeah, he's the emperor. Yeah, because you could almost say that Johnny, a uh, Johnny. Uh, Lawrence is more the Darth Vader character Maybe. only because only because like he has a redemption at the end a little bit mm. but I guess but that's all I kept thinking I was like oh my god like I mean because because the complete opposite approaches that Mr. Miyagi had in teaching Danielson versus how Mr. Cobra Kai was teaching I mean they wear black and Daniel wears white you know light side dark side uh, I get it Nance I'm not arguing with you. I mean, it's yeah. good versus evil. I mean, that it is the good versus the bad, and that is the the primary kind of theme amongst the story. I mean, yeah. you have a very Daniel, like you said, he's got a he's he's just a nice person, yep. and he's not trying to hurt anybody. He's not trying to show up anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. in that first scene at the beach, he he really tries to like be you know make things good with everybody. Yeah. And that's when we meet Johnny Lawrence, played by 80s villain himself, Billy Zabka. You know, unless unless you're Barney on um, How I Met Your Mother, who thinks Billy Zabka is the, 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 the hero of the story. But, um, you know, he... And he still gets at, like harassed about this movie like he's <laughs> he's a bad guy but you know he just plays 
he just in this movie he just plays kind of a jerk yeah. a, a high school jerk really well yeah and um but one of the themes that you know Mr. Miyagi really tries to teach Daniel is that Johnny and all of his friends who are who are bullying um Daniel you know most of the reason why they are doing this is not because of who they are. They've been taught to act this yeah. way. The real villain in this is Kreese, the 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 sensei at their karate school who is a Vietnam vet and um just has kind of a a chip on his shoulder and you know, he has this very militant way of thinking about his approach to karate yeah. is a very militant kind of kind of thinking which is the opposite of how um mr miyagi feels yep and uh so yeah i'll let you continue yeah uh, no i mean i i i you know feel free to interject anytime um i i think the pacing of this movie was always so great i mean just kind of the slow kind of you know the relationship between Daniel, Daniel and Mr. Miyagi being built the way it was. It didn't feel too rushed or anything. I mean, from the moment that Mr. Miyagi comes up to fix the faucet, and he notices Daniel's black eye, and he said, "What happened?" He goes, "Oh, I fell off my bike." Oh, because Daniel's um, practicing karate kicks, and he's like, "Oh, you're learning karate from a book?" He goes, "Ah, from the book." And a few months at the Y back at home, I'm like, "Okay." And he goes, how did you hurt, how did you get your black eye? Oh, I fell off my bike. And this is the first time I ever no- noticed that he said, hmm, you didn't hurt your hands, huh? That, <laughs> because if you'd fallen off your bike, of course you right. would have braced yourself. And so, so I think Daniel knew right away, like, oh, this guy knows something else happened. Yeah. Um, but then He's that, no fool. Yeah, but then that second time when Daniel mistakenly goes to the exact wrong karate dojo ends up being where all his enemies are and then then they attack him after that and push him down a freaking hill they they ride him off the road i mean he could have died yeah he really could have so i mean at that no wonder he I threw mean, his bike away oh but i mean it really kind of gives you this really like bad sense of like are these teenagers or are these like hell's angels or something? <laughs> Cause I mean, speaking of that, these dumb <laughs> M effers, it is all hive mind thinking. They all, they all have the same kind of motorcycle. They all freaking dress up as skeletons at Halloween. Like they don't do anything. That's not exactly like the other person. And that is just gross. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> annoying. It's like, you know, did, did did they draw like a top, like a Halloween costume idea out of a hat and decide? Oh, okay, that's what all five of us are going to dress up as. I mean, so well. Dumb. One one thing. So in the scene when they dress up as the skeletons, and then they ultimately Daniel kind of gets a little bit of revenge for how they've been treating him, but then they how they, you know, they you know he tries to get a little bit of a re- revenge against them. And then they start chasing him. Yeah. And then Mr. Miyagi kind of comes and saves him, even yeah. though he's like, he's kind of out of it because they just beat the crap out of oh, him. Yeah. When they did that scene, Mr. Miyagi's like, the guy who does the choreography for the movie, the fight choreography, is also Mr. Miyagi's double. Oh. And 
he had such a hard time doing that fight scene with the actors because he was actually hitting them. Mm. They were complaining, and it would just ended up being like this really hard day. So it actually worked out that they were all dressed as skeletons because then they could get like professional people to be like be in the makeup and everything. Oh, okay. You wouldn't know who they were. Okay. Then he was able to do it all in like one or two takes. So okay, so I'll just say that's a convenient excuse for filmmaking purposes. But for people to all dress up in the exact <laughs> goddamn same costume, I mean, are you a gang? Are you the T Birds? Come on. Maybe they were actually trying to be like the dancing skeletons from the Disney Halloween no way. special. No, they can't no? appreciate the old that. black and white one. They can't appreciate no. that kind of art. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I, but so right, okay, back back to the Halloween dance. And the whole reason why Daniel was even there to be able to have this confrontation with him. He was happy to hang out with Mr. Miyagi. You know, like they show Mr. Miyagi carrying the pumpkins. He's like, oh, what do you think? What do you think? He's like, oh, those are really nice. He goes, so you're going to go to the dance? Nah, I I don't want to dance. I don't want to go. And then he goes, wait a second. A young bee needs a young flower to make honey, not an old prune. (laughs) <laughs> and, and he's and he goes, well, I can't, you know, I don't want anyone to know I'm there. So, if, like, oh, if you're an invisible man. And then the freaking stroke of brilliance, he gets to dress up as a shower. As a shower. I mean, and then I love that Allie knew it was him. She's like, oh, there he is. And, like, how can you tell? She goes, I know. I just yeah. thought it was so sweet. Eventually, yes, like, the mom after, like, after the second attack had to become, you know, finally became aware of just how screwed up her kid's life was because of this move. But we don't see her like a ton after that. Like we don't have like a ton of mother son scenes. I mean, she, well, you do have the scene, like you have the scene when they go on the date and she drives. Awesome. (laughs) How embarrassing, like how mortifying, but you know? There's lots of awkward, embarrassing moments in this movie there that are, are not that are kind of cringeworthy. That you're kind of like, ooh, glad that's not me. But yeah. Um, yeah, but you know what? Ralph Macchio plays it great. I mean, he was so sweet. I mean, and and he was not eight, 17, 18 in this movie. I think he was like 24 or 25 when he filmed it. We looked. Elizabeth Shue was 21 playing probably like a 15 or 16 year old. And I think she he, was 17 or 18, right? I don't think she was that much older than him because I think he, cause he got his license on his 16th birthday. Mm. So he was like 15 when the movie starts and then turns 16 and gets his license. Mm. And I'm thinking she was probably about the same. And Billy's, but Billy Zabka was becoming a senior. So it, oh, okay. you also had like that he was an older kid, too. Okay. But back to what you're saying, Ralph Macchio, I looked it up, was 22 mm. when during filming. Okay. But he, he pulls off 15 yeah. pretty damn well. And he's I mean, so his, skinny. He's yeah. Just so. And uh, Elizabeth Shue was 21. So. Okay. So, so. Yeah, it's fine. But it it didn't seem as drastic as, like, James Spader playing a high school senior. No, no. I I was definitely very emotional watching this movie today. It's it's hard not to be for lots of the the scenes. I mean, and also kind of knowing what's going to come up, you know, as Daniel is getting more and more frustrated 
with the chores he thinks that he's doing at Mr. Miyagi's house when really Mr. Miyagi is training him. Yeah. I mean, maybe Daniel's a questioner and him having to, like, hold back on his questions was, like... Why did you do that? Majorly (laughs) painful for him. Um, And just the fact that Mr. Miyagi was being deliberately... um, Secretive and not communicating very well had to be extra frustrating. But I liked, I, I did like how one of Mr. Miyagi's rules was you have to do what I say and you can't question it. Yeah, he Beca- said it especially, up right away. Especially because that was one of Daniel's most annoying kind of traits is how he's constantly just like, but why? It's like, just do what the fuck I say, man. I'm trying to teach you karate. (laughs) Oh, okay. Tell me that you weren't doing this when you were watching it. Were you reenacting the moves as he was doing it? Like, were you doing wax on, wax off? You weren't? Come on. No, I wasn't. Probably, definitely as a kid I did. Like, as a kid, I was doing, like, I was emulating this, thinking I was learning some karate, which oh. I probably wasn't. But I um, wasn't thinking I was learning any karate. I was just doing the arm movements as he was doing them. Uh, so here, here, here's, my, here's my rewatch story. So first, you know, like I said, we saw this movie in the theater. I think we saw the sequel in the theater, too. Yeah. Um, the third one, I've seen once. I don't think I've seen the third one. It's and I not, haven't seen the remake and I won't. It's not great. I've never seen the, I haven't seen the remake and I have not seen the next Karate Kid with nope. uh, Hillary Swank. Nope. A few years ago I showed this movie to my wife who had not seen it. She and didn't she see it as a kid? she there was a lot of movies she did not see as a kid for multiple reasons. But she had not seen it. And she freaking loved this movie because it's that yeah. it is so good and it's very timeless. And um, one of the things I mean, just the th- if anyone who has ever been picked on or bullied or anything like that. I mean, I know I was. Yep, me too. I know you were. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure, you know, in hindsight, I was probably said the wrong thing to a person so maybe I deserved it I'm not no. I'm not I'm not taking any um I'm not complaining about what happened to me whatever I she hadn't seen it and she just loved it and it really kind of is that kind of underdog story like we were saying about meatballs where the whole camp was kind of the underdogs in that, yeah. and they triumph at the end with the help. Uh, and and Rudy was the was the underdog. Well, in this one, Daniel is the underdog because, like like we're saying, he's younger than these other kids, and they're really just kind of it's really just jackass Johnny picking on him because he can't be with the girl he wants to be with, and and this new kid's coming in and stepping on his territory and he's easy to pick on because a he's bigger than him b he's got a whole gang of assholes to help him so that so the lessons in this movie about you know not being a jerk to people is really important yeah and and it's and a lot of it has to also revolves around the whole karate aspect too so you've got that my wife and I, we went to watch this movie today. Um, and yes, I did watch, I did do my homework the day it was due. Um, me too. I watched them both today. <laughs> yeah, but you, that's not commonplace for me. Mm. I won't comment on you. But anyway. <laughs> 
we started watching it, and then my son came in to watch it about halfway through, like right when Daniel was starting to train. Mm. And he wanted to watch one of his shows, and I was like, no, Mama and I are watching this, and mm. you should sit down and watch it with us. And he sat, and he asked questions, so we would pause it, and we'd answer questions and stuff, and... But he sat and watched it, and he kind of got it, a lot of it. And um, we had, you know, when the movie ends and you've got the big tournament going on, he got really into it. He was like, punch him in the face! You know, he got all into it. Then when it's over, I mean, spoiler alert, Daniel wins the tournament and everything's great, but when Johnny hands him the trophy Mm -hmm. and is like, you're all right, LaRusso. Mm-hmm. It was a good match, you know. And he kind of like now they've kind of square like yeah. even things out yeah. and everything's everything's good. My son just starts crying. No. He just started crying. I mean, and like I got emotional watching it yeah. because, you know, not watching my son cry, but like watching the scene and just because it's such a it's just so um heartwarming the whole the yeah. whole scene but i having a son like thinking like i would ha- i would hate for you to have to go through this but i hope you could accomplish like you know like overcome challenges you know yeah. but then he got all upset because johnny didn't say sorry to him for picking on him so he didn't even see all the mean he stuff. Didn't, I didn't, from the and, 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 and that was kind of intentional. Minutes. Like I didn't, I knew that <clears throat> he's really sensitive, and I knew that if he had seen all that stuff, he probably wouldn't have wanted to watch the movie because he it would have made him upset. But, um, him like being like he didn't say sorry. I had to explain to him. I said, you know how he handed him the trophy and he was like, you're all right and everything and everything. He might not have said the words I'm sorry, but he was showing like mutual respect for him. So, you know, at that point he had felt bad. <clears throat> but then he was like, well, what happens to the the guy, the the older guy and he meant the, the, the he meant the sensei of Cobra Kai. I was like, well, if you want, we can watch the beginning of the sequel because they show it like as a it's like a continuation and you get to see that. And he's like, I don't want to see it. And I was like, well, let's just, let me just tell you he gets his. And, you know, I kind of explained it to him. So but it was like what this movie really, only punches his hands through car windows. Yeah. But uh, it was really kind of an interesting kind of way. Like, I don't want a lot of the movies that we do for the show. You know, I don't watch with my son either because yeah. I can't <laughs> or he's just very not interested. Yeah. So it was really cool on this rewatch, especially because of this movie, because, you know, even I thought about it. I was like, you know what? This is a movie that I think would be not just OK for him to watch, but it would be good for him to watch because yeah. he's about the age that I was when I saw it. And there's a lot of, like, really good lessons in it. And you might not understand them completely at that age, but you'd be surprised what young kids pick up on. Yeah. And I think, like, the the most basic thing that we talked about after the movie was over, because sat, we sat and we had a conversation with him about it, and, you know, some things are kind of over his head and stuff, but 
you know, we just tried to, like, really drill into him. Like, this is why you just have to be nice to everybody. You know, it's not, there's, there's not, it's not worth it to be, to, to pick on people or bully people. Yeah. Or treat people who are different than you differently. Mm-hmm. That's one of the themes of this movie, but I, I thought it was cool, you know, that, like, he's seeing it, for, you know, for the first time at an age when I first saw it. And I didn't go out, like, trying to beat people up or anything yeah. like that. Um, because I, and maybe I got it, like, you know, maybe I saw at a young age, like, holy shit, these guys are treating this guy, you know, like a jerk and, you know, look at him. But I never thought of it as like, oh, well, I'm going to learn karate and like get revenge or anything like that. Cause even Mr. Miyagi says, you know, if you're, if you're learning this for revenge, you're not listening to me mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I'm not, you're not, lear- you're not actually learning what I'm trying to teach you. So. But it was a cool it was a cool little experience. And I think that these themes that are in this movie are timeless. You know, yeah. they're they don't I mean, we 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 have adults who are bullies and treat people crappy. Yeah. <laughs> and if only that, you know, in November, maybe there's going to be a, a karate tournament that mm. might be happening. <laughs> so anyway. No, it's um, I'm so I'm so happy to hear that you had that experience with him today. Yeah, it was cool. I'll have and, to ask uh, him about it next time I talk to him. Yeah, no, I don't know how much. I don't even know if he knows the name of the movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was just like, we're watching this movie. It. I'm happy. And um, but um, you know, and I felt bad that he got he got kind of upset about it. But um, I think that's also just you know a kid's understanding. Mm-hmm. And we we kind of I don't know maybe there's something different about how we grew up versus how he's growing up. That you know, as far as seeing things at an early age and or whatnot that is making his reaction different than what how we reacted but uh yeah it was cool you know he has a lot of access to a heck of a lot more kid-driven content than we ever did because there just wasn't the volume of content around yeah we had that we had so yeah um who's your favorite character (laughs) you know what matt it, it truly is a toss-up between Daniel and Mr. Miyagi. I mean, I think it just depends on the moment, I would say, one or the other. I mean, you don't have a movie without either of them, but yeah. it's, I, I, I can't pick between the two of them. I'm picking Mr. Miyagi only because there are certain things Daniel does that drive me crazy. Like nitpicky, like, like, like things that, that kind of drive me crazy. Talk to himself. No, that part's kind of kind of funny. It was more just the, um, I think it was how much he was questioning him and like the defiance a little bit. But he, I think that's he, got, you're he a gets dad. over that. He gets over that a little bit, possibly. <laughs> I, I need to Miyagi. I need to Miyagi my son into picking up his toys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess. But, um, I guess I just I thought that Daniel, even even if he was annoying in the question asking that he did. He always he was always very appreciative. He was never disrespectful to Mr. Miyagi. No, he knew no. he always knew and understood like how generous Mr. Miyagi was with everything. I mean, from um, fixing his bike to giving teaching him how to trim bonsai trees and letting him take one home and 
making his costume, and then of course all the training he did with him. I yeah. mean, it. Oh, and then gives him a car. I yeah. mean, yeah, happy birthday. Pick a car, choose. It's like what? Well, well, and I'm glad that you brought that up because while we never see Daniel's father. You know, Mr. Miyagi becomes kind of a, a father figure friend to him. Mm-hmm. But there's a scene in the movie that when I did my 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 research on, they almost cut out of the movie and the director like had to desperately fight to like have the scene in the movie was the scene when after Daniel goes to the country club and then goes back to see Mr. Miyagi and Mr. Miyagi is drunk oh. because it's the anniversary of his wife and child's death they were gonna cut that they were gonna cut that like him being drunk and everything and it that scene i mean my wife kind of you know got really emotional you know every time she's seen that scene but um because it's a really intense scene where you really learn that about mr miyagi's past and just knowing that his wife was pregnant and while he was, you know, fighting in a war and then she died during childbirth. In the internment camp. Yeah. And they they were just like, they can't help, you know, they weren't going to help her. And um, so knowing that and then thinking about, like, here's Daniel coming in and he treats him like a son, you know, how he lost a son and then has Daniel come into his life. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, being a dad now, that really kind of the impact of that hits me a lot differently than like when I was a kid. But um, just knowing all of that, you know, you know, having that understanding and having that scene in there, like you really get a better idea of the relationship that the two of them have. And so it just is you and you appreciate it a lot more too. like how giving like you were saying, how giving Mr. Miyagi is to him. You know, and 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 also on top of that, it's just nice doing good, nice things for people. Yeah. Well, that scene is so critical because Mr. Miyagi really he did not share very much. So the only time for him to really open up and share about what happened to his wife and his child would have been when he was drinking too much. And and, you know, Daniel being able to kind of hear a little bits and pieces and then read that telegram and it really for for as sweet and kind as Daniel already was I mean he just got you know just layers deeper of empathy for Mr. Miyagi and just really really th- that made them bond even more yeah and I and I think that was so and then even when he said like when um when on his birthday right before the tournament when Mr. Miyagi gave him the, do you, what is that coat called that they wear? Do you know? Uh, I know what it's called, but I can't. A gi, I think. I don't remember. The, the top no. part of it. I, the, I, the did, I did not his... take, I did never took karate. And I have not been, I'm not astute to what the terms are for the gear other than belt. Yeah, it's I not. the belt. I know it's not a blouse. <laughs> But (laughs) it's it's not a robe. It's not a robe. (laughs) But when he had already seen the patch that um, was on there and um, 
when Mr. Miyagi gave it to him, it had that same patch. And first thing Daniel says is, you know, if you want this back, I completely understand. He goes, oh, I know you do. So it just, little things like that. I mean, and you know what? A lot of the time, kids are dumb. You know, kids and teenagers, they're so in their own worlds that Mm -hmm. it can be hard to think about and understand what other people are doing. So it's like, to see that Daniel was someone that really, he made an effort. And, I mean, we don't see a lot of teenagers in films that think that way. So, so he, he's very, very special. I mean, they're both special. I mean, but there's so much great humor between them. Um, Oh, yeah. Pat Morita is like the source of all the comedy in this movie. He's so, so funny. And, and a lot of it's just very downplayed, deadpan, you know, short little moments here and there. And One of the things I read, I mean, I don't know a lot about Pat Morita other than he was on Happy Days yeah. before this. But, um, and I, did, I mean, I could pull up on YouTube probably an interview with him, but he had to, like, really, that's not how he talked. Yeah. He had to, like, he had to, like, make up an accent and everything like that. Yeah. And and they they questioned whether to even um cast him in this role because he had always had a comedy background and not mm. the seriousness that he has to play and guess what he got nominated for an oscar for this movie yep. so there you go he showed them yeah there you go no it's it's incredible it's it's definitely one of my favorite movies from the 80s by far i mean and like i said i think i mean it, i've probably seen it like 100 times i mean I may rewatch it again in another couple weeks. I mean, it just made me feel that good. I mean, again, emotional, but just... Hey, these days, nothing wrong with that. Shh, no kidding. Um, do you have a favorite scene? There's a lot of really good ones. And, like, you don't want to, like, point out the bad ones, but, like, I do really think the scene when Mr. Miyagi saves him after the Halloween dance... Yeah. Is pretty cool and like how it's shot, yeah, is kind of cool. And like the when you're looking through Daniel's eyes and you see him as that figure, like helping him. And at one point, he goes, like, So, we're, you know, where's Spider Man? You yeah. know, because he's like, who the, yeah. who the hell was that that saved me? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that scene's pretty cool, but I really think that like the scene when he's drunk and Daniel goes to see him is great but you know what I also really think that and we talked about this before but a little bit when we started but Elizabeth Shue is really good in this movie oh yeah she's she's great and 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 you know some of the scenes between her and Daniel are a lot they're a lot of fun Mm -hmm. you know they're a little lighter them having going on the dates and everything like that so there's there's a lot to get out of this movie and I, I don't know how you would possibly pick a, a best scene. I I mean, the scene they wanted to cut is maybe my favorite scene. Yeah, yeah. And I also really like the little birthday party. I mean, and then, then the look on Daniel's face when he gets to pick a car, and then he turns to Miyagi and says, you're the best friend I ever had. And yeah. Miyagi's saying, well, you're pretty okay, too. Um, I think just because at that, it's like the apex of like all the emotion that's been building up for him. Because he said, I'm so scared. I'm so scared about tomorrow. And Miyagi um, kind of pulling, 
Bill Murray. It just doesn't matter. Um, you know, yeah. really trying to emphasize winning or losing is not important tomorrow. I mean, you're showing up. You're going to do your best. You'll gain respect, period. Like, it's not well, going to matter. And that's what he tells him when he even first signs him up. When he's first, like, makes the challenge. He's just like, you know, these guys will, will respect you a hell of a lot more if you stand up and, and do this versus you know just backing down and just letting them pick on you they're just gonna pick on you all the time yeah and uh you know you're right it just doesn't matter it just doesn't matter i i do think it was interesting as the finals in the tournament were happening and how the sensei really told the probably the nicest of like johnny's crew i think the guy who had to Bobby. bobby had to injure his leg was always I think he was maybe the one on the night of the Halloween party that said Dude, he was you can't keep beating the shit out of him he's yeah leave he's, him alone leave him alone and and maybe that's why he even picked on you know picked him although maybe it was just a matter of who was going to be def- it was defending they would they would have had to fight each other him and and Johnny would have had to fight Bobby and Johnny would have had to fight each other if Bobby would have beat Daniel got it so and then then Johnny wouldn't have been able to be the, you know, then you have the two Cobra Kai guys going against each other, mm-hmm. and then, you know, that doesn't work. So he tells him to get disqualified, and then that way they don't have to fight each other, and Johnny gets to continue winning. But um, he even says to him, he's like, I'm sorry, like immediately after he does it. And there's a point, too, and I don't know if you notice it, that when he, when, uh, the coach tells him to do that all the cobra kai guys are like what the fuck is he yeah. telling what yeah <laughs> like, i want him out guy, of commission uh, yeah like holy shit and then even when when uh johnny's fighting him and he's just like sweep the leg you got a problem with that which is like a famous line that's coming like he even looks at him like he's scared okay like like no no sometimes but um you know i mentioned and then i mentioned you know the beginning of part two where it kind of continues and you see what happens yeah that was supposed to be the end of this movie mm. and then they cut and then they decided not to do it yeah. um and then they had to refilm it later the movie ends on like a very good note so i'm glad they it didn't do that but i think it's really important to see that scene because you really kind of have like a redemption like a not a redemption totally but you see the Cobra Kai guys kind of like be like, oh, you know what? This guy's kind of a dick, <laughs> you know, maybe we thought we were getting into something like what Mr. Miyagi was doing and we ended up becoming and assholes brain- and, they became and brainwashed and we became assholes because, you know, Sensei Palpatine made us one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you kind of see him get his comeuppance in that. But uh in the third, in the third movie, that guy comes back. Crease, the the, mm. the sensei, comes back, and it ends up. And, and it, that movie is just hard to watch. It ends up being kind of bullying, is and Ralph it's not Macho done very well. Oh yeah, it's it's the same cast, uh. except the Johnny ish character is like a a national karate champion, and Crease calls in his like rich war buddy to help disgrace Miyagi and Daniel and it's just no good That's but too much. 
And then a few years ago, when YouTube was trying to become more of a streaming service, they started the Cobra Kai series, mm-hmm. which takes kind of a fan theory kind of thing that, um, that like I mentioned in How I Met Your Mother, Barney kind of feels like Johnny is actually the, the karate kid. Mm-hmm. And it um, kind of takes that angle, and it's called Cobra Kai, and it's about Johnny and... Um, trying to kind of, I guess, get his revenge against Daniel. I guess it's, and I haven't watched any of it. The whole show is moving to Netflix, so you'll be able to see past season. Like you'll be able to watch the whole thing in like the next few weeks. I think. And I think I, I probably will check it out. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I've, it, it's kind of a kind of a throwback kind of show mm-hmm. too. It almost be like what? It's almost like. It would almost be like like watching Stranger Things, but for Karate Kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it has like kind of a lot of the throwbackness. Although so. I, I'm sh- I'm gonna speak it's modern times. Yeah, so. all the current actors times. were in it. So yeah, yeah. Good for Billy Zabka to get on something too. I mean, he's got a. I mean, just he's one got of the a, guys. Oh man, he's a villain. Yeah. That. He always had his weight his weight training gloves on. Well, and and apparently, like before Karate Kid, he was. Um, he did like high school wrestling, so he had that under under him. But then he actually continued to do some martial arts. I, I mm. guess I, I read somewhere he's up to like a green. He was like up to a green belt kind of thing. But people challenged to fight him. Like they hate him that much from this movie that they like regular people. And he's just like, dude, it was a movie. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> Calm down, people. Poor, poor Billy Zabka. So. Well, do you have any other final thoughts about Karate Kid or Meatballs? Um, no, I mean, I, I knew that we would eventually get to Karate Kid at some point because we had seen it so many times. Um, and, you know, Meatballs is just kind of fun. And it's a fun movie. Still, more more Bill Murray. Can't can't get enough of that guy. I mean, so. He's both hold up, definitely, so. Yeah, good films. Yeah. All right, well, um, that kind of wraps it up for this episode. And I want to thank Nancy for joining me, as always, because there's no show otherwise. <laughs> thank <laughs> you for joining me, Matt. <laughs> You're welcome. And um, I want to thank all my listeners and Nancy's listeners, our <laughs> listeners, <laughs> for tuning in. This We're still, we're still doing our best yep. with, you know... Don't forget to wear your masks and stay stay home as much as possible. I know it, it's hard. If you have to go out to go to the store or go to the doctor or go to a job of some sort, feel free. But try and stay home and stay healthy and keep everybody safe and keep yourself safe. Everyone have a good night. My name is Matthew. My name is Nancy. This is Fighting Over the VCR. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening.